I'm glad each one of you are here. Glad each one of you are able to join us online to be with us today that we can worship and serve God together as we continue in our series from the book of John, What Love? Learning and studying and just celebrating what we have in Jesus Christ, how God has displayed his love to us and for us through Jesus Christ. In the, pre, in the weeks prior, we have uh, looked at a couple of the things in some of the, the chapters that kind of set the stage for where we're at today. We will be in John chapter 15 today, and we will be looking at fruitfulness and how the Bible presents uh, fruitfulness uh, as God's uh, intent for his people and for followers and how that plays out in our life. In, in previous chapters, we had taken note of the example of Jesus Christ as he washed the uh, feet of the uh, disciples and taught them such a great lesson of humility and surrender to the Father's purpose and intent for him. And then we saw in, in the following chapter about the peace that is ours. You know, sometimes we think about having to do service or being a servant or going into an area of, of dedication or uh, submission to others. We think about, well, what kind of a burden, what kind of a load, what kind of a difficulty is that going to be for me personally? Well, what the scriptures teach us and tell us that in the service of our Father and following the example of Jesus Christ, it is an experience of peace. Experiencing the grace of God and knowing the peace of God. Paul spoke of that actually in each one of his letters that he wrote. He, he reminded the, the believers of that. And so today in chapter 15 we're going to be noticing what fruitfulness is according to the scripture. And how we have the opportunity to be engaged and active in God's plan and God's purpose for us. Or other words, we will be able to understand and be the part of the kingdom of God that the Father has purposed and planned for us. We're going to be noticing this morning an illustration that Jesus uses about the grapevine and the growing of grapes, which was very common to the biblical culture. Of people, And so we'll take note of that in this passage of scripture this morning. But uh, before, I, before I get into this text this morning, there's one thing that I, I want to be sure that I, I just put it out there for clarity's sake. As we was preparing this morning at home before coming uh, to the services today, that's my wife as she always does in helping me. She tries to look me over and make sure, you know, that I've, I've parted my hair on the right side and I've dressed somewhat appropriately at least and all of that sort of thing. And so she asked me this morning concerning my sweater. She said, "Hun, now on the video, is that going to come across? Is that going to be seen? She said, you know, that may look like a flower so for all of my buds out there in Grant County this is a fish okay this is a fishing sweater so don't want to get any grief from some of some of my old friends in regards to that turn with me and let's look at John 15 5 we're going to take note of this primary statement that this chapter is built around. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now we're going to explore and look at the application of that in a spiritual context in just a moment. But before we do, I want us to take note very quickly of this idea of grapevines and grapes. In the culture of the Bible, because of their need, because they did not have refrigeration such as we have today, grapes were a primary source of the drink that they would need for the year, throughout the year. And so they grew grapes and they drank fresh juice when it was available, but they also made the juice into wine that was stored and that was available to them. So this was a very big part of their culture, and it was something that they were very much acquainted with and aware of. And in the keeping of the grapevines and the growing of grapes, the process of taking care of the vine necessitated that it would be trimmed or pruned or cut back. Now, the first time that I saw somebody cut back a grapevine, I thought, well, that thing's dead <laughs> because they had taken a lot off of it. And that was of necessity because this pruning and this trimming and this cutting away was getting rid of that which was dead, that which served no useful purpose, and that which would not bring about the growing of grapes or fruitfulness on that vine. And so this is the context of the illustration that Jesus uses, that a grapevine, is going to be pruned and it's going to be trimmed and the keeper of the vineyard he is the one that is going to analyze the need and deal with the grapevine according to what will bring about productivity and the growing of grapes and so as we read in this uh, illustration and make application of the spiritual lesson and principle that is there understand that these people in their culture knew very well this illustration that Jesus was speaking of. So whenever the statement is given in this passage of Scripture, whenever Jesus says, I am the vine, they understood that Jesus was the source of everything that was going to occur and everything that was going to happen that was going to be productive. And so they also understand when Jesus said that you are the branches, that they had to have a connectivity with Jesus. And that branches off of a grapevine produced no fruit. So as we look in this passage of Scripture and we see how Jesus makes reference to the maintenance of the grapevine, we're going to see a picture and we're going to understand that Jesus is talking about how he continually is caring for and nurturing and doing what is needed in order that the branches have the opportunity to produce fruit, to be fruitful. You know, there are some uh, plants and trees that are designed for beauty. And I, would, I guess I would assume that the decorative effect 
or the beauty that they uh, allow us to witness is their productivity. With a grapevine, it's about growing grapes. And so the desire is as many grapes as can be produced. So when Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, the understanding is this is what God has purposed in order that fruit would be born. We're going to notice in this passage of Scripture a little bit of a personal perspective about how we as the Lord's children are brought into a position of relationship to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as our example, to be productive and to experience a fulfilling life, something that has lasting values. If we wanted to define today fruitfulness, how would you, in your thoughts today, define what does it mean to be fruitful? From a personal perspective, the world might give us a lot of different ideas. They would say, well, it's how much money you can accumulate. Or it may be how much fame you can rise to. What kind of position of power you may be able to put yourself in. From the biblical perspective, and understanding this illustration... It is that which fulfills a purpose. If we look in a, in a biblical perspective of the lesson, it is producing what God has purposed or God has planned in our lives as individuals. What is God's purpose for the grapevine? To grow grapes. What is God's purpose for the branches? To grow grapes. What is God's purpose for us as individuals? It is that we would be fruitful. It is that we would do that which God has purposed in His design and which God has created us for. And so Paul said it something like this in the book of Ephesians when he wrote to the Ephesian believers. You're familiar with this verse of Scripture. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Your salvation is God's gift to you. Not of your works, lest any man should boast. For we are, or because we are, His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, or for the purpose of good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Paul told the Ephesian believers that God purposed all along that those that trusted Jesus Christ, God's purpose for them was to follow Jesus Christ and to live in an example as Jesus Christ and to bear fruit, to be fruit bearers for the kingdom of God. And so... In this parable, as we notice a little more, we're going to see 
how application is made of this. The Bible gives us this same teaching, parallel teachings in a variety of different places. Uh, you might take note of the parable of the sower that Jesus taught. He talked about the good ground produced fruit. That was the one that brought about the desire and the good result. The, the parable that Jesus gave concerning the tares and the wheat. There is that which is sown that produces good fruit or the wheat. And then there is that which is in opposition to the wheat. And the Lord also talked about the building of houses. He said the individual that chooses to dig deep and to build his house on a solid foundation to build on the rock. That house stands during the troublesome times and circumstances. The one who builds on the sand, that house collapses. And so each one of those illustrations and each one of those lessons emphasize to us that God's purpose for His people is that they would accomplish fruitfulness or productivity in their lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Now it's one thing for me to stand up here and say this morning, you ought to be fruitful. I ought to be fruitful. We ought to produce for the Lord. But then the question might come, okay, Brother Roger, how, how do you accomplish that? How do I accomplish that? How is God going to bring that about in my life? How do I live to be fruitful in the faith? If we're going to talk this morning about fruitfulness, if our, if our subject this morning um, is about how we follow the Lord and our faith in Him, our faith in following, our faith in trusting, our faith in believing the Word of God and apply it to our life, if our faith is at work in our lives, we would or should be fruitful. We should pr be producing things that are pleasing to God and that are according to God's purpose in His kingdom plan and design for us. Let's notice John the 15th chapter and let's read part of this passage and give consideration to some of the things that are shared here with us. In John 15, 1, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. <clears throat> no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, ye can do nothing. And if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Do you notice as I read through that passage of Scripture, 
that the Lord indicates that there are some that choose to be productive and a part of what God's plan and purpose is. But then there are others that have declined the opportunity. Those that have not stayed connected or they have not drawn the strength from the vine in such a way that they would be living and that they would be vital as far as producing fruit in their lives and, uh, and being that part of God's plan and purpose that He designed for them. It's very easy for us to experience things in life that sometimes would cause us to lose focus, to lose sight, maybe even to become disconnected from God's purpose and from God's plan. You'll notice the emphasis that is given in this first statement. Jesus said, I am the true vine. The true vine. Any of y'all ever seen a vine that you thought was going to produce something and it didn't? I love muscadines, and muscadines, I guess, are like a third cousin to grapes. But anyway, at our place in Grapevine, our property in Grapevine, there's vines growing all over the place down there. And so, you know, I, I, I go out there and I see the vines and I have expectations of a hat full of muscadines when the season is right. But so often, either because of the weather circumstances or whatever, I don't understand muscadine growth. I keep waiting and waiting and looking and looking. And what I experience is the disappointment of a non-productive vine. I had confidence in that vine that it was going to grow muscadines because when I was out there clearing and cleaning up, I didn't cut it off and burn it <laughs> because I was expecting and desiring muscadines. But I was disappointed because my faith or my trust was in a vine that could not produce or did not produce. Whenever Jesus said, I am the true vine, Jesus is making a statement. He is clarifying something that he is the genuine source. He is the true source where our attention, our loyalties, our faith, and our trust needs to be centered. There are so many things that it's very easy for men to become distracted and put their confidence and their trust in, in other things. And sometimes we trust in a system of doctrine or sometimes we trust in a church membership or sometimes we trust in another individual. But Jesus said, I am the true vine. Jesus is the only thing that you can be connected to where you will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And if you do not have that connection with Jesus Christ, if Jesus is not what you are following, your branch back to where you're connected, if it's not Jesus Christ, then you cannot bear fruit for God's kingdom, for God's purpose, and for God's design for you in life. Now that doesn't mean that you can't do good things. That doesn't mean that you can't help a little lady across the street. 
That doesn't mean that you can't be a good neighbor. It doesn't mean that you can't be honest and fair with people. And listen, those things are nice. Those things are good. Those things make society a little bit better rather than being a heathen. But if you're not connected to Jesus, what you're doing is not for the kingdom of God. What you're doing is for your self-righteousness. You see, Jesus died for us so that we could have a connection to God's plan and God's purpose. You have the opportunity to be connected. Jesus is the true vine. There may be other vines out there, but those vines, they do not produce the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, remain, or other translation says, abide in me. Make sure that what you're doing is being done because of your connection, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you see, in this, in this illustration, in this passage of Scripture, it's easy even for believers to become disconnected. I thought Nick did a wonderful job back when he was in uh, chapter 13 uh, speaking to how Jesus was speaking and teaching in this passage of Scripture about being servants of God. He wasn't talking about how you get saved. And Jesus makes reference to that in this text as well where he says you don't need to be clean or you don't need to be cleaned again. You're already clean. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about, he's talking about service and fruitfulness as a child of God. Doing what God would have you to do. So he said, remain in me. I'd like to call your attention to that in a way of emphasis. This word remain, it indicates that this is a choice and this is a decision that is in our hands. You choose to follow Christ. I choose to follow Christ. I choose to remain in Him. You choose to remain in Him. You and I also choose to separate ourselves, to distance ourselves from Him. And the Father will be attentive to us whenever we do that. Because you see, whenever we become unproductive or for the unproductive parts of our lives... This passage of scripture says that the Father gives attention to that. And he prunes that which is unproductive away in order that we can be productive. So that we can grow in our purpose. And so that we can accomplish what God's desire is and we can accomplish more. For God, I think one of the examples that we see in the Scripture, Peter seems to be one of our primary examples that we like to make reference to. But we see in Peter's life that there were times, there were episodes where he was so uh, fruitful in his walk. He accomplished great things for the kingdom's sake. But there are other times where he struggled. And there were times where we see that in this text, in these previous chapters, where, where Peter's pride stood in the way of him being able to fulfill and to do what God's purpose for him was. 
I think that's fairly obvious for us to say. When you start arguing with Jesus, <laughs> something's not right. And so when, when Peter in his pride was disagreeing with Jesus, I believe the father was getting out the snipping shears. I got to do something with that pride. My child, Peter, is displaying something in his life that is not from Jesus and it's not productive. And so Peter experienced some things and went through some things that was a pruning. It was trimming away some dead, non-productive elements of Peter's life. Please hear this. If you are a child of God, God loves you just as much as he loved Peter. And he will prune to remove that which is non-productive and in disagreement with his son in order that you may bear fruit. You know why Peter was able to preach the message he preached on the day of Pentecost? It was because the Father pruned him at the appropriate time so that he could be a vine of productivity to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. God does the same thing in our lives. God's not pruning to cause pain. God's not pruning to mess your life up. God's cutting and pruning away that which will allow you to bear fruit and to remain in Jesus Christ and experience the joy of fruitfulness. And God's plan for you being fulfilled in your life. So when he says, remain in me, he's calling us to a conscious deliberate choice to choose Jesus day by day, minute by minute of our lives in each thing that we have to address. Choose Jesus. Choose the things that Jesus has spoken and taught the disciples. His word that has been given to us. We understand that apart from Jesus... We can do nothing. We have to remain connected to Him. Another thing that we take note in this passage of Scripture, we saw the connectivity. We have to be connected to Jesus. Our faith is how we connect, we trust, and we believe. We accept Jesus Christ. But then also, in order for us to be fruitful, we find a motivation that is seen and spoken of in this passage of Scripture. If you'll read with me here again, we'll notice verses 9. Let's begin there. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other 
as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The motivation, fruitful motivation. What is it that is going to motivate you and motivate me and move us so that we will follow in this commitment of following Jesus Christ? It is this demonstration of God's love for us. It is the demonstration of the love of Jesus Christ in us as we follow the pattern and the example of Jesus Christ. Here again in this text, he says, Remain in me. Remain in me. And, and this is in reference to Jesus as he's speaking of love and the part that it plays in uh, the individual's relationship and walk. When John was writing uh, later, uh, we're studying and reading here in the gospel letter of John, but in the letter that John wrote to believers later on in ministry, in the first uh, book of John, John made this statement. He said, how great a love. Some of y'all know where I'm going, don't you? How great a love is this that the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. The measure of God's love toward us, that He accepts us as His son, as His daughter, as His child. God's demonstration of love, the love of Jesus Christ, that he went to the cross and that he paid the, the debt of sin in order that we might be able to have forgiveness of ours, our debt being paid by him. And so, in the illustration and in the lesson, we are called on to display and to practice and to have this same love for others and that we will Show others the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ through the way we respond and react to them. So fruitful motivation is love. And it is the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ that is through us to others that will display and motivate us in fruitful service to the Lord. Fruitful growth. Again, we see in this passage of Scripture, as Jesus makes reference to uh, how we will remain in Him, He also makes reference to obedience. I do not know if there is a word in the English vocabulary that we have less <laughs> uh, excitement about unless we're using it in a sentence where someone else is obeying us. But when we use it in the context, or we use it in a sentence where I have got to obey you, uh, not so much, not, not my favorite word, because of our carnality. But see, Jesus talks about fruitfulness and how we grow. How do we remain in Him? And in this text in verse 10... He said, we grow through obedience 
to him. Obeying what he has instructed us. Obeying what he has taught us. Obeying as he did when he washed the disciples' feet. And Peter said, oh no, not me. And Jesus said, Peter, I, I've, I've got to for you to be in this with me. I've, I've got to do this. And then, and of course, then Peter said, okay, well then wash me all. And he said, no, no, Peter, understand. <laughs> it's, let's just do it the way it needs to be done. And let that be enough. Obeying the Lord, obeying God's word so often comes down to just doing it the way God says to do it. Not less and not more. Just do it the way God says to do it. Now listen, how people respond in obedience to what God says has either been keeping us in good relationship with God or it has been causing us to fall out of that good relationship with God from the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve got in trouble because they didn't do according to what God said. God said, don't eat of that tree. Why? Because the day that you eat, you're surely going to die. You're going to experience death, separation. And so Satan came on the scene and what did he say? Oh, that's not really what God meant. <laughs> oh, no, surely, surely you won't die. You see, when you change up what God has said, the results are not going to be fruitful. They're going to be destructive. When you change up what God said, rather than experiencing fruitfulness, you're going to experience disease. That is, a disease of sin. I'm not using that illustration in the sense of physical disease. I'm using that in an illustration of spiritually. Understand that when we disobey what God has said, we're not going to grow fruit. Being fruitful, producing fruit for the kingdom of God is through obedience to God's word and to God's will and trusting in what he tells us we need to do. And then the results of all of this that comes our way. Let's say, okay, I'm fruitful. I have connected to the true vine. I've trusted in Jesus Christ. I have remained in Him. I have recognized His love for me and I love Him. And, and I have been motivated because I love Him. And through that motivation I have tried to obey Him and follow Him and serve Him. And so what is the results that comes out of that for me? Say, whew, man, I'm worn out from growing grapes. <laughs> Well, listen, you may experience some exhaustion and you may certainly experience being tired from time to time in the kingdom work. But what Jesus talks about in this text 
is that you are going to experience fruitful joy. The joy of the Spirit of God. The results that you will see. This joy is spoken of in verse 11 of this text. That whenever we follow this pattern as Jesus has taught here, then we will bring glory to the Father. It will be a joy to Him. And that your joy, our joy, may be complete. Or that our joy may be full. An old song used to sing, Joy Unspeakable. And full of glory. I don't know if that song was patterned after this verse or not. But the idea is certainly there. That for us to be fruitful and to exercise our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And to experience and live in the love of Christ and to obey Him is to bear fruit which brings joy. To the Father and also brings great joy to us as well. God's provision, God's purpose for us is that we would bear fruit in His kingdom's purpose. And we can do that by following the teachings of Jesus Christ by practicing them in our lives, by making these conscious choices, these deliberate choices to do what God would have us and He has purposed for us to do in our lives. The psalmist summed it up something like this in the first psalm. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Fruitfulness comes about by our opportunity and our choice and our decision to do what God has purposed for us in life. Each one of us has the opportunity on a daily basis and you may be at that place today where you are recognizing and realizing that by God's Spirit touching your heart or in your thoughts that that there is something about your life that needs to be different. And the Spirit of God is drawing you or uh, helping you to get clarity and understand that there is something that you need to do to be fruitful. My encouragement this morning for you is that you would make that choice, that you would put your faith, your confidence, and your trust in Jesus Christ, in following Him, in being obedient to the Word of God and in teaching uh, and, and those things that He teaches, putting them into practice in your life through obedience. You have opportunity to respond today. And so let me encourage you today to respond 
to the call of the Holy Spirit to respond to the Lord that he might make you productive and fruitful. We have three ways that you can respond this morning. Let me encourage you in that, that if you would love to respond in person this morning, we will have a couple back in the uh, Connect corner that would be glad to speak with you and, and try to answer any question and show you what God's Word says about your questions and to help you to make that decision that God is directing and calling you to today. You may be online today with us, and, and if so, you have the opportunity today. Let me encourage you to, to reach out to us and to contact us. Connect HC at 94000. Let us know you have the opportunity to respond to the Lord and to become fruitful or to be more fruitful in your walk with Him. Father, bless your word this morning. Father, draw us to you. Give us clarity about your desire and your plan and your purpose for our lives as individuals. And help us, Lord, to make those decisions that will cause us to be fruitful in your kingdom work. Amen.